Sports Radio 1043 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. The top of the hour to honor the uh, the our national anthem and the opening of the show. We're going to get a little background noise here for a while where they make some announcements, but we're going to continue on. Let's go um, right to the phones and joining us from the show here. And he's going to be one of our seminar speakers in just a short period of time. He's going to be talking about how to catch big pike in Colorado. And that's our favorite frequent contributor. He's been on forever on this show, Nate Zielinski. Good morning, Nate. Good morning, Terry. How are you? You know, it depends on who you ask. I think I'm pretty darn good, but I can't get a consensus. Uh, I'll tell you, you look good today. It's nice. We do so much of these broadcasts from afar and from location. It's nice to be uh, right here at the show, standing right next to you, uh, live in person. And, you know, Terry, this, this show means so much. Everything from, you know, the education and everything else. But I'll tell you, Terry, you know, you and I both have relationships with these listeners and viewers and kind of all the content that we have. And this is one of those weeks that we get to shake hands and talk to people in person and share the stories. Uh, and it's just a, a neat experience down here at the show. And it really is. And because of COVID and there was no show last year, this year's show was postponed till now. It's really been, uh, I'm really feeling that people want to get back to a normal life. They want to interact. They want to rub elbows with other out, outdoor people. They want to go to a seminar. They want to talk to a guide. You could tell there's just a, it's just like something, a weight has been lifted off their shoulders. I agree. It's good to shake hands and, uh, and be normal. Well, I don't know. I've been nice to you all year. I was going to say you might never be normal, but I'll I'll hold that for another week. <laughs> Perfect. Hey, well, wait wait hey. till that's in person to introduce my seminar in a minute. Yeah. Hey. Um. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that, before we get into some fishing tactics, I know you want to talk about. In case people are headed down, your seminar is at ten thirty today. Give us a quick preview of what you're going to cover. Absolutely. So our first, you know, seminar here is at 1030. We're talking about giant pike fishing. So really we're, we're breaking it down for the nitty gritty. I think a lot of our listeners know we have big pike. Um, you know, they understand the concept. They hear us talking about the opportunity of giant pike here that's as good as anywhere in the country, but a lot of them are still missing like that. Okay. We know they're here, but how do we catch them? You know, we know it's different than the Midwest. We know it's different than Canada, but, but how do we create the success? So this seminar is literally breaking it down to a of where you need to be, what you need to use, uh, and simplifying thing. We're giving them all the answers. So that's that first one. Uh, then I believe at 1230, don't quote me on the time, uh, I have a hunting seminar, so we have an elk hunting seminar, and the focus of the elk hunting seminar is about creating success every year. So many Coloradans are in the concept of, hey, it takes a lot of points to draw a good tag, and we're only going to you know, harvest a, a bull elk every five or ten years. And that's not the case. So we're going to talk about you know, having a successful hunt every single year. And then at 3.30, we're back on the fishing stage, and we're talking walleye. Uh, and honestly, the, the topic of the walleye, we're going to break down like all the little things. So, hey, you know how to live bait rig, but what are you doing wrong with that? How do we increase that technique? How do we increase your trolling? All the little things that will help you catch more fish at the end of the day uh, and all of these are built for the listener so we take questions right in the middle of seminar and we want to build these seminars for them so tons of education today and yeah we're just excited to talk to people all right my friend people head on down 
We have hourly seminars here at the Fishing Theater. We have hourly seminars at the Adventure Theater for fly fishing and hunting. And there's a campfire theater. But in the meantime, people want to get out in the water. Uh, a lot of boat ramps are going to open next week, and there's still some ice fishing going on. Bring us up to speed. Absolutely, Terry. So, you know, obviously the front range is a lot of open water. Um, so with that, right now, today, on this great, you know, sunny weekend, there's short fishing opportunity. There's short fishing opportunity for trout. There's short fishing opportunity for walleye and really good shore opportunity for those walleyes. Uh, so the front range is going. Uh, as far as the lake, we keep up on, obviously, Pueblo is open for boating. Things are good. You can go down there, make sure the boat's running. You can catch walleye, bass, wiper. Um, so Pueblo has all those boating opportunities going now. Uh, Chatfield and Cherry Creek are shooting for April 1st. Uh, Cherry Creek is 100% open water. Uh, docks are in. Honestly, uh, it could go sooner. They're just kind of finalizing all their A&S staff. I think uh, very much I know the phones are blowing up at the park office at Cherry Creek wanting boating, uh, but I think we're all still in this world of we've been to a restaurant. They have limited staff. We've been to any, you know, retail outlet. They're limited staff. Same thing with the boat ramps at, at Cherry Creek. So, you know, we're, they're trying. They're working around the clock to get staff hired, uh, but I think hiring anybody right now is just a little bit hard. So uh, they're shooting for April 1st, same as Chatfield. Uh, both Chatfield and Cherry Creek um, are looking at opening one ramp uh, on April 1st. I believe that's next Friday. Uh, so there'll be one ramp open. I believe Cherry Creek is shooting for the west ramp, uh, and then Chatfield is going back and forth. They want to open the south ramp so they can have the marina and everything going on, uh, but they have not clarified 100% if it will be the south ramp uh, or the north ramp at Chatfield. But again, we're looking for, looking for April 1st on those opportunities. So very excited about that. Uh, again, mixed with a shore opportunity now. But again, the high country does not want to seem to, to shrink that ice. That ice in the high country is staying, so your 11 mile still has fishable ice. Uh, and then all the high country above that continues to have all that fishable ice. So uh, we're doing a lot of stuff on 11 mile right now simply for the fact that we are in that prime pike fight. Uh, this is one of those times of year that you wait. Literally, you see ice in December, and we wait until late March, early April uh, for those final couple days on the ice when those pike are in full pre-spawn. They're going to spawn on the full moon of April, so they're on the last phase of their feeding opportunity, uh, and that bite is absolutely incredible. So big rainbows are up spawning right now. Big pike are up spawning. Uh, so even though the, the warm weather is nice in the front range, uh, those last couple days of ice are, are simply incredible. Take me up to speed. If I get out on Cherry Creek or Chatfield next week, what am I going to find for the walleye bite? Absolutely. So, honestly, it's one of those things that, you know, everybody associates, like, you know, early ice or ice off with a certain technique. But we are so late, uh, Terry. I mean, I can't remember the last time we've really opened up this late. I mean, you, we're usually, if it's not early March, it's mid-March. But to be late March and even April, um, majority or almost all of our pre-spawn bite is done. So, where the walleyes are sitting on structure, feeding heavily before spawn, that bite is pretty much non-existent. Those fish are past that stage right now. So we are now in a spawning and post-spawning state. So a spawning fish uh, is going to be the situation of, you know, staging in front of the dam, in front of inlets, uh, hanging out in that deeper water. And then upon the time that they want to spawn, they slide into those rocky edges and those rocky shorelines. Uh, they go through the spawn process at night, um, and then they retreat back during the day. But the post-spawn fish wrap up their spawn, and they are feeding aggressively and feeding well. So as we approach our boating uh, early next week, I think we're going to be looking heavily at that post-spawn opportunity. So I'm looking for fish at like a Cherry Creek, even Chatfield, out in the mud basin feeding on bugs and, and feeding on bloodworms. 
as well as a handful of fish up on structure uh, feeding on shad. So you're going to have both a, a structure bite with the fish that are targeting shad, as well as a mud basin bite on those fish that are feeding on bug larvae and bloodworms. So good opportunity for both. So you have the capabilities of, say, trolling lead core, trolling a feet type presentation. That's going to be probably my go-to. But if you don't have those capabilities, you're better off with the jig and that type of technique, uh, that opportunity will exist as well. Yeah, and it's just a time. I always tell people, well, there's opportunity for big fish, and there's even opportunities for numbers. This time of the year can be fickle. It can be the biggest fish of your life. It can be a hot bite, or you can go hours or days without a bite because it changes so rapidly, and the weather can change it. We've got a cold front coming in Monday or Tuesday. That could slow things down, but it doesn't mean there won't be fish available. You have to fish with patience this time of the year, though. I agree, Terry. I think you have to be fish with patience, and uh, kind of with that concept, you have to be willing to adapt. You know, your fish literally on a nice day might slide shallow, and the second you get that cold front, they might slide back off. So, especially on those structure fish, those fish that are feeding on bugs, they're going to be down there 20, 25 feet of water. So those deeper presentation fish aren't affected as much by the pressure and by the storms. But those fish that are starting to slide up shallow on structure, uh, those are the fish that, you know, you might have an amazing day one day, and they're very easy to bounce off and move to a, a different piece of structure at that point in time. So be willing to move with those fish, be willing to cater to those fish. Um, and I do think the one positive thing we have um, is these fish have not been touched. So they have not been beat up during the spawn. They have not been beat up in that pre-spawn. Uh, so the nice thing is we let these fish get through a really good kind of high-stress portion of their life in spring. Uh, so by the time they're post-spawn, they made it. Uh, they're doing well. So I do think we'll have some increased activity simply for the fact that these fish have not been touched during a vulnerable stage of their life. No, you're absolutely right. And I like the fact that you brought up that there aren't, isn't just one presentation. Sometimes we get locked into these, these this time of the year and we tell you, tell them you have to be trolling a crankbait or you have to be casting a jerkbait or you have to be using a rig and the next few weeks, there's going to be opportunities. You can fish your strengths, I think. 100%, Terry, especially with these warm waters. So, I mean, in a post-spawn state fish, you know, I look at Pueblo, for example, and even though there's that bug bite that brings on that lead core, I just don't like doing it down there, and those fish are, are very easily bounced up onto to shallow structure. So I can find a structure bite at a Pueblo Reservoir any time in that post-spawn bite. So that, that strength exists. You can even really slowly pull live bait rigs and create success this time of year. So, yes, flip bobbers, live bait rigs, jigs, trolling cranks. Um, I even know guys that are still working the traditional ice fishing style jigs of like jigging wraps and blade baits. Um, so tons of opportunity right now. And again, one technique might lead to more opportunities, but almost all techniques are capable of catching fish. So again, if you have strength, you have, uh, you know, that confidence in a certain thing, you more than likely can find fine fish to use that technique on to create success. The last thing, or one of the last things, Cherry Creek and Chatfield are typically lakes where the Division of Wildlife or Parks and Wildlife takes walleye spawn and they close the dam. I understand at least one of those lakes that's a little, little different this year. 
Absolutely. So, Terry, they're, they're in their full netting uh, process at Cherry Creek Reservoir right now, as well as Pueblo. Uh, both those fisheries are doing very well with the spawn. So our, our great friends and partners in Colorado Parks and Wildlife uh, are having a very good season on those spawning fish. Uh, they are not spawning out Chatfields. They are not setting nets on Chatfield right now, uh, simply for the fact a lot of people have been talking about this. and like, why aren't they setting nets on Chatfield? Is the, the fishery off? Um, honestly, the population is doing very well. One of the things that we're seeing is we're seeing more fish spawn in the various inlets at Chatfield, uh, and those are harder areas to set nets on, as well as the fact that our males and females have kind of separated their timing. So when you look at Chatfield, last couple of years they've set nets there, they get a wave of like a week straight of all females showing up. Then they get a week straight of all males showing up. Uh, and unfortunately the fish are just a little off on their timing. And the way that they do their spawning process on a barge, on the body of water, they really need those fish to come together at the same time. So obviously they can get, you know, both species or both sexes of the fish um, together in those nets. And the fact that they're separating themselves is making it a little tougher. So right now, most of those operations are at Cherry Creek uh, and Pueblo. So always use caution. If you go out there, you know, the dam's closed from 4 p.m. to 9 a.m. and or you're not allowed within 100 uh, 100 feet of those nets or 150 feet of those nets. So um, even though we notoriously notice those nets on the dam, if there's a a rocky shoreline or certain stretches, look out for those orange buoys floating. If you see an orange buoy out there, uh, you know, just make sure you stay away. Again, a lot of people look at this and they, you know, complain that, you know, we're shutting down some of the fishing areas. It's a very short period of time, and it really prolongs our walleye fishing here in Colorado. So we're huge fans of, the, of Colorado Parks and Wildlife doing this netting process. Uh, so do not interfere. Don't get in their way. Uh, it is a good thing what they're doing for sure. Last thing, and I'm going to let you go. Tell people again what your seminars are. One is coming up here in just about 15 minutes, and the other one's later. If you're coming down to the ISC show, stop and check them out. So the first one, pike fishing. We're walking you through the ins and outs, the, the details of catching bigger, more and bigger pike right here in Colorado. And I believe at 1230, we're over there talking about elk hunting. So improving your success every year. Again, in the entire mindset that you're only going to have a successful hunt every so often. You need to have a successful hunt every year. We're going to walk through the ins and outs of that, how to apply for tags, what tags are valuable, which ones are not. Uh, and then back on the stage for fishing at 330 talking walleye. This is really going to be all about the smaller details to help you catch more fish at the end of the day. So tons going on down here. Stop on by. We'll be bouncing all over the show, but you'll see us. Uh, say hi and check out some of the education. All right, my friend, I'll see you. Down, well, I'll see you. You're down here. I can see you, but um, I'll be talking to you right after your seminar. Good to see you. So, all right. Well, talk- all right thanks, Nate. Nate Zelensky with Tight Line Outdoors. You know, he's going to do a couple fishing seminars. we got some tickets to give away. I think about what those seminars are on. You're listening to Terry Wicks from Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wicks from Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. We are broadcasting live from the International Sportsman's Exposition. We were talking to Nate Zielinski in the, se- in the segment before this, and he's giving two fishing seminars today, one starting in just a few minutes and one towards the end of the day. And if anybody can text me, the first one to text me, and tell me the species of either one of those seminars, what type of fish are his seminars on? He's got two different ones. You just give me one. Text 303-713-1043. 
and Karen will put two tickets and we'll call at the show for you. Now, give us a few minutes to get them down there. So if you're here already, it's going to take a few minutes to get them down there. But if you text 303-713-1043 and tell me what species of fish Nate Zielinski is giving his seminar on today, uh, we'll give you two tickets to the international. The first one will get two tickets to the International Sportsman's Exposition. All right, let's go to the phones. Joining us from Jack's Outdoor Gear is Tammy Osborne. Good morning, Tammy. Good morning, Terry. How are you? I'm doing well. we got a crowd coming in here. We're both at the show this morning, and looks like it's going to be a busy day. Oh, there's hundreds of people in here already and still a lot lined up outside. But you know what? It's What a great time. I think people just want to get out. They want to look at the products. They want to talk to the guides. They want to kick the tires. They want to interact with other people. And speaking of kicking the tires, you've got the perfect product here. Jax has a booth set up with uh, jumping jack tent trailers. That What an incredible product that is. Uh, jumping jacks are amazing. They're a very versatile trailer. Uh, not only is it a toy hauler, you can haul your motorbikes, your ATVs, your razors, your side-by-sides, whatever you have. Um, you can pop up the tent, have a place to sleep, and you can also take the whole tent pot out and use it as a utility trailer to get your cord of firewood or whatever you need. Or you can put a boat bar on it and carry your kayaks, canoes, and whatnot. Yeah, really just... Anything you do outdoors, if you want to sleep out there, or even if you don't, you just want to haul your stuff, it's just a great option. It gives you so much versatility to do things when you're out there. Now, first of all, they look like they're really rugged, and they'll hold up under anything. Are they heavy to pull? No, they're very, very light. Um, Our smallest trailer is only 950 pounds. Um, I like to tell people that you can pull them with a bicycle, so... Yeah, I, maybe you could pull it with a bicycle. <laughs> My knees probably wouldn't hold it. But, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, in today's world, you can put a hitch on almost any vehicle, and you could pull that no matter what your activities are. Give me kind of a rundown of the sizes that are available. So we have uh, two different versions. We have the standard and we have the blackout. Blackout is basically an upgraded wheel package. It gives the all-terrain uh, tires. Um, heavy-duty fender and about an inch and a half more clearance than the standard. Uh, there's uh, several sizes. There's a 4 by 6 which will sleep three adults. A 6 by 8 can sleep four adults. A 6 by 12 either with an 8-foot tent or 12-foot tent, can sleep four to six adults. And then a 6 by 17 which you can just pile everybody in that one. Yeah, we could have a party there. We could put the whole IAC convention in there. But <laughs> just about. <laughs> and, and they're really... But these aren't cheapy, you know, sometimes people think of tent pop-ups as being a little flimsy. These are made for the elements, and they're made with quality materials, aren't they? So I will tell you that this is, uh, the Jumping Jack is a family-owned and run company for going on 21 years now. Uh, they build and they build these trailers, and they make these tents uh, right out of their shop in Salt Lake City. So they're, it's uh, local, it's U.S.-made. And um, I, I, I've never, in seven years of, of dealing with jumping jacks, I've never had anybody come back to me with a warranty issue. No, they're just, they're just, they're good looking. They're versatile. They really fit the bill. Like, I, if I wanted to take my Jeep or my truck and hook up one of these trailers, I could put my kayaks on top of them. I could head up in the high country. 
take my kayaks off and then set it up and I've really got comfortable protected sleeping conditions to take care of whether it's just me and one person or even a group up on a hunting trip and they're they're really going to foot the bill and they have a full line of accessories too don't they absolutely we can get you set up with awnings storage hutches a whole kitchen top uh and sink uh we've got all kinds of things we've got uh, propane racks water racks cooler racks the whole nine yards um this uh, one benefit of this is that these are registered as a utility trailer so your taxes are extremely less than they would be on a toy hauler or a camper or a hard-sided pop-up camper now you have a great display of these down here do you have all the sizes down at the isc show we do we have nine trailers down here um i should mention that we are selling not only all of the ones here at the show, but whatever uh, stock we have left at the stores. Um, we are already just about a third of the way through all of that stock. Uh, we don't expect another set of uh, orders coming in until about August. So now is the time. Now is the, the time to get it uh, while we still have some left. All right. If people, for some reason, can't make it to the show, and hopefully they'll be some left what store are you at and where's the best place to go look at if they can't get here so i am at jack's in broomfield jack's outdoor gear farm and ranch in broomfield which is at 120th and sheridan um and we also have them at other locations uh jack's Loveland west carries them as well uh, a couple of other other jack stores uh, have a couple of models but, uh, right, yeah, cool. Broomfield or Loveland West would be your, your biggest selection. Well, right now, the best thing, because they're going so fast, is get down to the show, wouldn't you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. And we do have a show special, and it's one of the better show specials that I've seen in these shows. It's a double bed upgrade, a small awning and a lantern post for a standard 6x8. That's about almost $1,400 worth of free accessories. Wow. And I've looked at these. I looked at them. Last year, you guys were showing them to me. I looked at them this year. They just look like a fantastic way to get out and camp and haul your gear. The, the one thing with a lot of pop-up tent-type trailers is you can't haul your gear. That's not the case with these. These are made to haul your gear, whether it's ATVs or side-by-sides or kayaks or canoes, and still have a great tent with a well-made and easy to use. One last thing I want to talk to you about, Tammy. Tomorrow at 1.15, we're going to give away fishing rods and tackle boxes and a bunch of tackle free to kids to get them started fishing and jack's outdoor gear stepped up and they supplied us with 50 tackle boxes to give free to these kids to help them get started fishing and you know jack's is a locally owned company your stores are up and down the front range and what a gesture of how you're involved in the community how you love supporting our youth and our outdoor public Absolutely, and, and we are uh, very happy that we were able to donate those boxes. Yeah, really, we're, we're so thankful. You guys have been a tremendous partner to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. We look for a long relationship. Um, your people, when you go in one of your stores, your people are so friendly and so good, and it's just amazing to deal with you. Inventories everywhere are picking up, so if you need fishing gear, there's a lot in stock. And by the way, I've been talking to your hunting departments They've got ammo for turkey hunting. You might want to get it now because we don't know when there'll be more, but there's ammo there. So I'm going to let you go. It's getting allowed here. But people need to stop by, see Tammy, look at the jumping back tra- jack trailers, 
here at the International Sportsman's Expo and stop by a Jack's location near you. Thank you, Tammy. Thank you, Terry. Have a great rest of your show. I will, and I'll be seeing you. You're right next door to me. I'm right down here, yep. I'll no, wave come at on you. Out All right. Thanks. That's Tammy Osborne from uh, Jack's Outdoor Gear. Terry uh, Wixom Outdoors is brought to you by Jack's Outdoor Gear. We're going to take a short time out, and we'll be back with more outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. <laughs> You're listening to Cody Wickstrom Outdoors, and if it sounds a little loud, we are broadcasting live from the International Sportsman's Exposition at the Colorado Convention Center. I will be here all day today and all day tomorrow. We have fishing seminars going on here at the Fishing Theater. Across the way at the Adventure Theater, we have fly fishing and hunting. We have a casting pond. We have a campfire theater and tomorrow we're going to be giving away over 50 free fishing rods and tackle to kids and we're going to tell you how they can come tomorrow and get a free fishing rod and a tackle box we'll do that after this segment but let's go right to the phones and joining us is chad lachance good morning chad hey good morning it is getting loud in here terry it it is getting loud can you hear me okay yes sir all right well we'll First of all, you're down here at the show, but we're not sitting next to each other. We could probably wave to each other, but we're both here. It's filling up. People that just want to get out, Chad, they want to come and see us. They want to come and talk to us. They want to see each other. They want to talk to the guides, the outfitters. They want to look at the equipment. The turnout is fantastic, and I'm excited. You know, absolutely. I was a little nervous, honestly, Terry, after missing the show last year, but I was surprised how busy it was yesterday, and it's for sure already busy in here today. The aisles are full. Everyone seems to be having a good time, and uh, definitely sets up for folks wanting to be outside. All right, now, I want to talk about some fishing opportunities right now, but before we get to that, you're doing some seminars down here. What are you talking about, and what times today? All right, I'm on the casting pond doing a conventional casting, uh, kind of a 202-303 type deal. So we're not teaching the, the fundamentals or the basics. We're teaching a little bit at the high-level casting skills on the casting pond with conventional tackle. It's based on years of guiding and what I've seen is weaknesses in people's casting. So we are going to be here at uh, 1130. So hour we can help people out there. And then at 1.30, I will be over there with you on the fishing theater, and we'll be talking about the science of lure selection. And basically, I want to help people work through the process of how they're going to pick what they fish with on any given day, and we don't leave it to chance. We are tied to some conditions and some characteristics and uh, and give you a calculating way to choose lures. And uh, it's something we've developed over 16 years of guiding and something I feel pretty strongly about. So you don't just open your box and say, hey, this looks good, let's try it. Yeah, no, my Uncle Cletus told me this is the best walleye lure ever. And so I'm going to throw that for the rest of my days, you know. No, we don't do that. We try to look at conditions and fish characteristics and lure characteristics and put it all together. It's sort of a matrix thing. And, uh, and it's, it's, like I said, something I've built over a long period of time. And I try to hit the fast part of the bell curve when it comes to And I feel like that this will get you in the ballpark any given day for any given species. Well, I just I just always go, hey, I caught a fish on this one. I'll try this. So I'm going to have to listen so I can get better at it. 
<laughs> fishing memories is one of those things that gets everybody there. We're all guilty of it. At the end of the day, there's a better way. I want to switch gears, and I'll come back to what's going on at the show. But with everything opening ice in the lower, low, especially the lower elevations, boat ramps will be opening. People will be getting out on the lakes and things. But there's an opportunity that you and I both love and thrive on that happens this time of the year, and it can be some of the best fishing of the year, and that's pond fishing. Tell us your theory Absolutely. on that. Absolutely. You know, the ponds are, and unfortunately here in Colorado, we have a ton of reclaimed gravel quarry ponds up and down the front range from Pueblo all the way to Fort Collins, uh, Boulder area, all around the Denver area, and all of those ponds iced out, all iced out in the last couple of weeks, and what that does is it gets all those fish that have been under the ice going, it'll wake them up of the vegetation, the elodia and other things will start coming up. And when you get that kind of vegetation coming in, it'll get the bass and the bluegills moving early in the year. And one of some of my favorite March and early April trips are deep the banks working around you know, area ponds looking for large ponds. We generally catch some of the biggest ones of the year this first month of the season. They're, they haven't been pressured all winter. They're looking to eat. And the best part of it is, is the biggest fish are the first ones to move shallow. So it works Works like a pretty good scenario all the way around for some pent-up energy. They, they're not always easy to catch, but you have opportunities at the biggest bass of the year right now. Well, I couldn't agree more. I'd say if I took my top 50 bass I caught in Colorado, I'll bet you 30 of them came out of ponds. And, 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 and I would bet you furthermore that most of them came out of ponds early or late in the year. Yeah, absolutely. It gets a little tougher in summer. So what type of presentations are you going to approach these ponds with? Well, if I'm going to beat the banks, which is what I most often do, I'm going to take something like uh, Berkeley the General, which uh, some folks might know of Lucinco or Soft Stickworm, rig on Texas rig, and I'm going to throw that thing right up in the grass, any grass I can find. Uh, and I mean any green vegetation that's coming up, nothing brown that's left over from winter. I'm talking about any of the green vegetation. In lieu of that, if I don't have any of that vegetation available, or I, I'm not familiar with the ponds, I'm probably throw either a lipless crankbait or some sort of a spinnerbait and I'm going to cover it under water with it. I'll either yo-yo the lipless crankbait or I rip it and then let it settle and then rip it and let it settle. Uh, or I'm going to take a spinnerbait and work it around any sort of visible cover. But if I can, if I can find green vegetation, I'm going to drop that general in there and, uh, and let the bass pick up and go from there. And that, that technique has literally yielded us some of our best fish uh, over, the, over all my years of fishing in Colorado in, in the springtime. Now, I'm having trouble hearing, and it's my fault because I'm at the show here. But if you and I would go after it with a general, you talked about a lipless crankbait, maybe a spinnerbait. We're going to cover some water with some of those. Some people just don't feel comfortable on presentations yet. Is there anything for bass in these ponds like a slip bobber? or well, Of course, the general would do good, but maybe another type of approach that might work for people. Well, yeah, absolutely, because I bet everybody in Colorado has got a three- or four-inch curly-tailed grub and a jig head. 
And if you just want to make it real simple, take a point, grab, put it on a quarter ounce jig head, cast it out, let it sink, and wind it back in just fast enough to hit the bottom. You will definitely have a number of fish doing that, keeping it very simple. Uh, and like I said, if you've ever fished for walleyes or bass or probably even trout in Colorado, you probably have one. Uh, the other possibility would be a tube jig, and I guarantee you, you got a tube jig. Uh, you know, a three-inch tube jig on a, an eighth or quarter-ounce jig head will definitely get you bites. And actually, one of the biggest bass I've ever caught in Colorado bit a three-inch tube jig in March. Oh, I, I can agree with you. A good friend of both of ours, Ronnie Castellonia, and I were out on some ponds. He was throwing spinnerbaits and catching a lot of bass on this in an early year. I was following him with a Texas rig tube jig, and I would pick up the scraps, so to say. But I ended up catching about a five-pound fish right be, right behind where his spinnerbait had just come through. I will remind him of that when I see him later today. Uh, <laughs> but, no, there's no question about that. Any time you get a horizontal bait, we talk about this in my presentation, if you've got a bait you're retrieving, if they'll bite it, you'll catch numbers with it. But in a lot of cases, you're going to catch your biggest fish by fishing something either vertical or much slower and smaller and more subtle. And the reason being is you'll trick bigger fish with that. The big one saw the spinner bait. He didn't like it. But that too big on the other hand, it's a little harder to pass up. Right. Well, what happened, I would follow him down the bank, and I would see fish swirl at his spinnerbait but not hit it, and I'd cast right to that swirl and let that tube just settle in. So it was a great, great term for that's being a pot licker, Terry. <laughs> yeah, well, as long as I catch a bigger fish than Ronnie, I don't care how I do it. <laughs> hey, Chad, before we run out of time, go through what you're doing down here again today. Okay, real quick, at 11.30, I will be on the casting pond doing conventional casting, uh, kind of advanced stuff, stuff for, that's going to help you with accuracy and line control. That will be at 11.30. And then at 1.30, I'll be over at the fishing theater, and we'll have a presentation there on how to choose your lures, the science of choosing your lures, kind of a matrix system uh, that we use, or an if-then logic system that we use to go through and choose our lures. That'll be at 1.30. And then from 2.30 to about 2.30, I'll be in the booth of the Alaska Adventures guy, which is a place we last year in film. Kind of blew my mind for pipe and stuff. So we'll hang over in that booth, kind of doing a meet and greet from uh, 2.30 to about 3.30, maybe as late as 4 o'clock, and then I'll just be milling around after that. All right, and I'm sure we'll see you over by the booth here uh, before and after your seminars. And I tell you what, people are coming in. They're asking for them for you. It's going to be a, uh, it's gonna be a great time. We're back at the show finally, Chad, after a couple of years. We're seeing people again, and it's great to have them say hi and start seeing the people and interacting again. We're having a great time. Absolutely, and I'll throw this out there, Terry, since we're on the radio real quick. Uh, if somebody comes to my presentation at 1.30 over at the Fishing Theater, my, my science of choosing lures, and tell me they heard about it here on the radio, the first person that tells me that, I will give you a gift card to Fortune Warehouse, and I'm also carrying around a pocket of fishing stickers and a couple jars of power bait for the kids. All right, my friend, we'll let you go, and we will talk to you here in just a few minutes in person. All right, sounds good. Thank you, Terry. All right, Chad Lachance, if you heard that, he's got a 1.30 presentation. The first one of you listening that comes to the show and tells you that tells him that you heard us on the radio on 104.3 on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, he's going to give you a gift card that you can take and buy some of your own fishing gear. So remember to take him up on that. 
Go to his seminar. Tell him you heard him right here on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. In a few minutes, we're going to take a break. And when I come back, I'm going to tell you how we're going to give away 50 free fishing rods to kids tomorrow, how you can take advantage of that. We're also going to give away a $120 parks pass for the family parks pass. We're going to give away all kinds of fishing tackle tomorrow. We got tons of stuff going on today. We got a ton of stuff going on tomorrow. I'm going to take a break from the noise. I'm going to, we'll, after this time out, we'll come back and tell you about all that and wrap things up on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. <laughs> You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. We're broadcasting live from the International Sportsman's Exposition. And yes, there are people here and it's loud, but we are so excited. I got some things I want to talk to you about. By the way, that song coming in was from Wickstrom and Dobreth on any of your streaming services called Count On Me. We'd appreciate if you'd go give it a listen. I'm going to, uh, I want to mention some of our partners that are here at the show. You heard me do a spot for A&A, A&A toppers. They are down here with their truck accessories. If you're thinking about buying a truck topper or a truck accessory, they have incredible show deals down here. Come down to the convention center today or tomorrow. Stop by their booth. Tell them you heard about them on Terry Wickstrom. Say hi. Colorado Clays is here with a booth. They'll tell you all about their facility. And Jack's Outdoor Gear has a big facility with their jumping jack trailers, camper trailers. You need to stop and see those. Now, tomorrow at the show, Karen and I have lined up an incredible amount of fishing tackle and rods and reels that we're going to give free to kids. And here's how it's going to work. At 1.15 at the fishing theater at our booth, we're going to have them start lining up. We're going to be first come, first serve. We have 50 fishing rods that were donated by Eagle Claw Wright McGill. We have 50 tackle boxes that were donated by Jack's Outdoor Gear. We have a bunch of tackle packs filled with tackle that ISC and Karen and I put together. And then we've got some odds and ends. We're going to try to give somewhere between 75, hopefully 100, but at least probably 75 people, kids, are going to leave here with free fishing gear. Now, in order to, what will happen, they'll come, we'll give them a ticket, you'll listen to a seminar on how to get started fishing, and then we'll let them take that ticket, and they can take it to another spot in the show, we'll tell them where, and they'll be able to go get their free fishing rod. Also, there has to be an adult with the kids when they get in line to get their ticket, but you adults will also get a ticket, and we're going to draw out of those tickets to give away a $120 hanging parks pass tag that you can hang in your windshield and go in and out of parks good for a whole year from now. So that'll be just fantastic. So we got a lot going on. That's all tomorrow, Sunday. And make sure you get here early enough to get in line. We want kids to leave here and go fishing. I will be down here all day today, all day tomorrow. We have a lot of our partners here. We have fishing seminars all day long. We have the other theaters going on. We have a lot of friends here, a lot of people. It's so good to see you all. We really want you to come down and see it. Also, follow us on Facebook at Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. I'm going to post an interview I did with Brad Peterson earlier today. 
that explains how you get the kids fishing rods. I'll get that up on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook so that you'll get good instructions if you want to come down and try to get your kids to uh, to get it, get them some free fishing gear. Now, if I can hear him, is Dan, Mr. Dan Jacobs in studio? Well, how are you, Coach? I'm doing well, my friend. I have a couple questions for you. Um, first of all, I'm kind of excited about Russell Wilson's involvement in the team, that he's recruiting people, that he's involved with the receivers. I think that's nothing but an incredibly positive sign, don't you? Yeah, and by the way, uh, sounds like you're having a great time down there. Uh, kudos to you, giving away all those free fish, uh, fishing rods to those kids. Um, that's outstanding. Uh, I know you guys are having a great time down there at the expo. Um, so that's really cool that you're doing that, 7,500 rods. Well, well, thank you so much. Rods you're giving out. Um, and then also the cool thing about the expo is you're going to learn how to fish, right? You're going to go to one of those seminars and learn? Yeah, Yo, you bet. Oh, we're... We're, we're trading we're trading in free knowledge today. Yes. So Terry Wickstrom finally learns how to fish today live at the Fisherman you know, the, the Expo. You just can't resist a shot, can you? Well, you know, you're having a good time out there. I, you know, I have to. Yeah, we are. We're loving seeing the people after a couple of years. So what do you think about Russell Wilson? All the signs are positive. Yeah, no, it's that's what I've been talking about for five or six years. You gotta, it's very hard to get a guy like that, and I, I never understood why John Elway every day that he got out of bed wasn't just his pants weren't on fire trying to make a move like that, like trying to get this. There just never seemed to be a sense of urgency around making a move like that, but now they have one. Um, and of course, the Chiefs, you know, traded away one of their, you know, their most talented weapons. So, the Broncos, even though, you know, I want to, I want to practice a, preach a little bit of patience with them, but they are right there in the thick of the issue. Well, I'm having trouble hearing. But my other point, though, you kind of alluded to it with the Kansas City trading Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. What I and this is what I believe, and you can comment on it. The way they paid Mahomes. They're going to be up against the salary cap. They're not going to be able to pay a bunch of high-priced players. So as good as Tyreek Hill is, getting that many picks for a wide receiver allows you to go into the draft and really pick up maybe not Tyreek Hill, but they're hopefully thinking they can pick up some real quality replacement people, but at a real low cost because Tyreek Hill just signed a monster contract that I don't know if Kansas City could have absorbed. This way, you can pay your big quarterback, but keep the rest of your payroll low. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think if you you take a step back, initially it was like, wow, I can't believe they're getting rid of Tyreek Hill. But then if you take a long-term view of of the deal, yeah, you have to make tough decisions. And when you have the best quarterback in the game and you got to pay him, you can't pay everybody, Terry. You just can't pay everybody. Okay, my last my last question, are you debuting your new theme song today? Uh, we're not going to do it today because um, I want to be able to do that at the end of the show when we have a full show. But, no, we are going to. We have a, a catchy new theme, uh, theme song, so to speak, uh, by somebody you may have heard of. Um, so, no, we are going to do that next week um, so that we can give it its proper due. All right, my friend. Well, we will talk to you next week. I'm going to wrap this up so you can start your show. All right. Sounds good. All right. We're going to wrap things up here. Please come down to International Sportsman's Exposition at the Convention Center and see us. 
We'll be here um, all day today and all day tomorrow. And tomorrow we got lots of giveaways for the kids. Uh, just come on down, spend time. We love seeing you all. There's seminars, lots going on. We're going to let the Eagles take us to the top of the hour and sports with Dan Jacobs on 104.3 The Fans.